0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on another bright day in a rather deserted city of Westminster in these current times, as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. I'm Scott Chaloner and I'm joined on today's programme by Rizwan Akhtar. Rizwan is a director at Leyland Late Night Pharmacy based up in Leyland, Lancashire. Rizwan, very warm welcome to you and ever. Th- Thanks ever so much for joining us on the programme this morning.
1: Thank you very much for
0: having me. Thank you for taking the time, of course, to uh, join us uh, once again. And the purpose of this discussion really is to establish your take on leadership. And I think it's fair to say that leadership is really being put to the test at the moment, isn't it? With the emergence of COVID-19 and different business leaders having to feel their way through this crisis. Tell me, for somebody working within... Your um, profession is one, of course, being a pharmacy. How has it been trying to get through the last few weeks and months? Because I can imagine it has posed a tremendous challenge in that respect.
1: Of course, yeah. I mean, the, the pandemic has uh, proven a great challenge. I think to people across the country, and uh, especially for healthcare professionals, and um, I think the sign of any great leader really is having the adaptability that's required to adjust to um, what what the current uh, you know the time needs. Um, so we've try to reassure um, patients as much as possible throughout this period. I've been providing a number of radio interviews and so on um, to LBC Radio and and others to try and um, relay sort of relief uh, patients of of concerns that they've had um, and just to provide that reassurance really. But otherwise, um, fortunately, we've been in a position where we haven't had to furlough any staff. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there was initially an increase in demand um, for pharmacy services so um, the staff really have been working absolutely fantastically working flat out um, and you know providing the best service that they can in, in difficult circumstances.
0: And have you been inspired by the response that your staff have put into this because we have heard some wonderful stories haven't we of people really going above and beyond during this period of adversity even though they're having to really go beyond their comfort zones and adjust to new ways of working?
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, we, we are, we have been from the outset trying to implement, um, you know, the social distancing aspect within our premises. And, um, you know, notwithstanding the fact that PPE has been quite scarce, Mm we were trying to implement all the measures to keep our our staff safe and secure. However, um, it has nevertheless been a great challenge uh, for the staff and customers' expectations have increased. So the staff have been absolutely brilliant in, in delivering the best service that they can, um, working extra hours, extra days um, and really going that extra mile to do whatever they can to um, to provide the service that people expect from us. really in these most difficult of times.
0: Mm. I th- it's fantastic to hear, of course, that they've really chipped in and um, gone above and beyond during this period for sure. And you say, of course, that they have inspired you in uh, the way that they've conducted themselves during this crisis. But if we think about um, sort of leadership more broadly, uh, Rizwan, is there any other individuals who really stick out that have maybe inspired you and had an impact on your leadership style, if you will, as you've developed through your career?
1: Um, well, I'd say over 10 years ago, I studied um, at the, um, the Arabic language at the University of Damascus. Mm. And there was someone there who was... Uh, a distinguished academic a poet, but also an Islamic scholar and um, someone called muhammad ali Akkubiubi and I think he was someone who I saw as a, as an as an inspiration um someone who always led from the front who adapted to to the times and the situation um as was required and I think someone who always you know led by example really um and I think he instilled within me um Certain qualities, and, and and for example, I picked up that any business not in a state of increase um, is in a state of decrease, and that's an ethos really I've carried forward, and and something that you know I, I learned from him.
0: Mm, certainly seems as if he uh, taught you a lot and some of the most influential leaders out there can of course be academics and uh, mentors for sure and perhaps in a way sometimes they don't necessarily get the uh, the recognition that uh, they deserve in a sense just because i think in this country we have a tendency to associate leadership with politics and celebrity to a degree don't we
1: that's right yeah absolutely i mean i would, I would agree with that um and i mean i, I think that that's not fair enough obviously we, these are people we do look up to um Naturally, to to provide inspiration in these times of difficulty. But sometimes I think people's own sort of anecdotal experiences, uh, you know, point towards someone that at a particularly poignant time in their life um, was was there to provide leadership or, you know, a, a, a demonstrate a unique way of doing things that really um, st- stuck in the memory and, uh, you know, was was. Uh, had a big impact, really, on the on the rest of the life of the, the the person of the recipient.
0: And if we think about your leadership style now, which has uh, come about as a result of uh, that influencer to a degree, risk one, how would you describe uh, that?
1: Um, well, I'd like to think I, I try and instil confidence within within staff and within my colleagues. Um, and I, I think what's very important, and again, I picked this up from my mentor Mohammed um. uh, Ali Alkubi, which is. Um, it's important to recognize the best qualities within your team so um if if you recognize someone is particularly good at um a task then he should be given that um task and and not given um you know a task that maybe another colleague is is best for it sounds obvious but i think sometimes it's quite easy to overlook now to some extent the recruitment process picks up on this and and it filters out um, it provides a filtration for this process. However, naturally, um, over a period of weeks and months, working alongside people or supervising them, you realise someone has a particularly a particular strength um, that you know you, you should really um, recognise and hone in on, and, and allow them to develop.
0: I can certainly see where you're coming from uh, from that point of view, and even though management and leadership are two different things um, in a certain way. I think there is a degree of people management that has to come into leadership. It's one of the most important facets of it. And particularly during this time, people management has been made all the more important by the need to keep communication channels open and just provide that reassurance and give people that confidence to just keep on working and doing what they need to do, even amid all of the uncertainty and all of the worry.
1: Absolutely. I think I think it's important to Um, You know, embody that trust um, and not micromanage people, Mm. which is sometimes difficult because you need to recognize, um, you know, the right time to sort of let go. Um, But I think micromanaging is is something I like to try and keep away from and um, try and, uh, you know, trust people and give them responsibility at the time um, when I feel that they're able to shoulder it.
0: It's empowering people to have the confidence to take on their own leadership, isn't it? Be a little bit independent and be willing to try things themselves because ultimately that experience is the way that we develop, isn't it? And on the few occasions where we do make um, one or two mistakes, we embrace that as a learning curve.
1: Absolutely, I would agree with that. I think nothing beats experiential knowledge. Um, and you see that more with um, in our organisation, for example, when we take on apprentices uh, with little or no previous work experience I mean obviously they're on a very uh, steep learning curve and and they tend to pick up very quickly Um, but I think you're absolutely right nothing beats um, you know one who's tasted knows and nothing beats experiential knowledge really.
0: And based upon all of the experience that you've accumulated there is one in your uh, business life and your academic life as well if you were to give some advice to somebody who was perhaps about to start their first day in a leadership role within a business what sort of advice would you give them?
1: Um, I'd say, firstly, um, find the approachable and down-to-earth because then staff or colleagues could could approach the person and potentially exchange ideas and, and have more honest and, and truthful conversations, really, about their own abilities or concerns. Um, obviously, there's limits to that. You know, there, there's still got to be the air of authority. But I, I think approachable and, and being down-to-earth is, is nevertheless very important. Um Obviously, being able to adapt to the times um is is important um and thirdly, I think this crucially something just innate with someone um which means you have that leadership ability i mean either you have it or you don't really and and obviously that is you know you can look at that along various different levels um even going up to political leaders you know in the example that you first gave um that there is a that distinguishing feature between one and the other. Mm.
0: So, would you say that maybe good leaders are born that way, or do you think that it is something that you can learn and you can develop throughout time?
1: I think it's a, certainly a bit of both. Um, I think there is definitely, um, you know, the, the inherent ability, if you like, to be decisive, mm. um, and, and, and some people are more likely to have the people skills, um, and, you know, to be able to instill confidence within colleagues and within, um, within staff. Um, whereas others maybe it needs to be more sort of engendered within them and uh, they, they require more training and, and, um, it's something that doesn't come as naturally to others
0: can certainly see where you're coming from uh, from that point of view, One. Uh, and if we think about um, the fact that we do need leadership uh, now more than ever as we do move into the future and also toward this new normal way of doing things that is going to come about as a result of COVID-19, tell me, what do you envision the next year holding for yourself and for Leyland Late Night Pharmacy as a business? And what do you hope to achieve as we move through this time and look to the future?
1: Well, first of all, let me, I mean, adaptability is obviously absolutely crucial we we're not entirely sure what is going to happen with a lockdown situation or whether or not there's going to be a second peak um and so on so we we're, we're hoping things will will improve obviously for the you know for the for the good of the nation and the good of the world but um in terms of the next 12 months and more generally long term we're looking at greater automation um so um you know dispensing robots um people using the, the internet more for ordering or prescriptions and Receipt of their medication and so on, and as a result of that, greater efficiency in our processes, so um, greater cost savings, but also um, just delivering quicker um, and and being able to receive patient feedback. Um, I think I think that's crucial, and this will hopefully streamline that process as well.
0: Mm, let's certainly hope so. That's um, certainly going to be uh, changing times and there'll be a great deal of innovation and automation as we do move forward, for sure, As one, as you say. And uh, I think, given how informative it's actually been having you on the uh, the programme today, it would be fantastic in the next year at some point to have you back on the air with us just to catch up and discuss how that new normal is starting to develop and certainly a look at how the business is getting on as well.
1: well thank you very much. That's very, that's very kind of you to to say that. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd, I would I'd be absolutely... Delighted to um, you know give mine today in mind, in in twelve months' time or whenever you think is appropriate. Thank
0: you very much. I think it would be fantastic for the listeners to uh, be able to hear those uh, views again, you know, for sure, and look back at what we've said retrospectively. It's a shame that we're just about out of time um, on today's program. Otherwise, I'm sure we could talk about it all day. But um, thank you ever so much again, Rizwan, for taking the time to join us. It has been a real pleasure, but also, as I say, a really, really insightful and informative experience. And do take care and do stay safe with everything still going on in the meantime, for sure.
1: Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you.
0: That was Rizwan Akhtar, director at Leyland Late Night Pharmacy. Coming up next on the programme today, I'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with Sir Andrew Strauss. Um, Former England cricketer Strauss is currently the director of cricket for the England and Wales Cricket Board. During his days as a player, he became one of only three England captains to have secured the ashes, both at home and away in Australia, as well as also becoming the England captain with the second highest number of test victories under his belt in history. And I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Jonathan enjoyed speaking with Sir Andrew. That's coming up next.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan White and today we're joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team and former director of cricket at the ECB. Sir Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: Real pleasure to be here. Thank you. The
2: pleasure is all of ours. You know, Andrew, you've had a distinguished career, as I said, both on and off the pitch in English cricket, recognised not least with your knighthood
3: the World Cup final was quite extraordinary.
2: I know some fantastically avid cricket fans who were Googling there and then what exactly the rules became. because I Yeah, well, so was I, actually. Absolutely. Now, in your wife's memory, you established the Ruth Strauss Foundation last year. Uh, in doing so, whether you'd admit it or not, yourself and the foundation has become an inspiration to thousands, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. Please do take some time, if you wouldn't mind, and you